Welcome to My IELTS Classroom, the podcast where two ex-examiners talk all things IELTS. I'm Shelley Cornick. And I'm Nick Long. And today we're going to be looking at some IELTS letters prompts from 2021. What types of topics have there been so far? What is the mix of formal, informal and semi-formal questions? And how would Nick and I approach eight of the recent letters questions? Hey Nick, how you doing? Hello, I'm not too bad. Just getting used to having about six or seven inches of snow around my ankles. Wow. Is it been snowing all week more? Last week it snowed a lot. It's been it's just been really cold this weekend. It's been like minus fifteen to minus twenty every day, basically. Wow. With a little bit it's of snow. It's kind of been like that here. Yeah. Really cold. But I mean, I don't know. I personally, when it's that cold and there's snow, I like it because there's usually a little bit of sun mm-hmm. and everything looks white and pure. Yeah, it looks, it's, everything's looking nice. Walk, I walked around the old town yesterday and it was very magical. Oh, that's nice. Um, I'm good. I've just been helping my sister try to do, um, try to do the maths homework for her six year old child, mm. right? <laughs> and, In our house, I have the reputation, Nick, of being the one who's good at maths, right? I did Mm -hmm. A-level maths. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie, I'm struggling. (laughs) (laughs) It's really difficult. Um, So, yeah. So, um, if anybody's good at maths, I might put this homework, which is... Just remember, this is a homework for a six-year-old child in the UK. I'm going to put this homework on uh, the blog page for this podcast episode and if anyone can send me the answers i'd be very grateful the first question is is okay but the second question when the children are playing darts nick i can't do it yeah yeah i'm looking at it now and it looks quite difficult to be fair i'm gonna have to sit down with this and and try and do it later right i mean we're all getting older so it's good for our brain to try and do something different um but yeah, if anyone's good at maths and they'd like to help me with uh, my sister's or my nephew's homework, please, please just go to our blog page, blog.myieltsclassroom.com. And I'd be very grateful. Um, right. So, Nick, today we're going to be talking about, um, well, we're going to be looking at some of the reported letter prompts from the test, mm-hmm. mostly in January 2021. There are a couple um that I think may have appeared in December at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. But in any case, these are extremely recent questions um, that students have been tackling. If you are a general tra- uh, training student and you want to look at more than the questions um, Nick and I discussed today, at the weekend, I published 20 recent questions and you can find those on our on our blog, right? I think it's it will literally be... Not the newest blog post, because that will be this podcast episode. It will be just the one before. So if you click Mm -hmm. on there, you can find 20 questions. There's also a link to the archive from 2020, where you can find 20 more questions. That's a lot of 20s. Um, But yes, today, that's what we're going to be looking at. But before we do that, Nick, I just want to tell you, I got a letter from one of our students Mm -hmm. uh, this week. And when I say students, it's just a really nice guy who's just been listening to our podcast right so interesting guy he's polish Mm -hmm. but he's living in norway right and he took ielts because he wants to study spanish (laughs) 
Okay. So, okay. What, what an amazing mix, <laughs> right? A Pole living in Norway who's about to study Spanish. And he said he only needed a five in the test because I think because he was Polish, I'm not really sure, but maybe he's European, so the scores were lower. So mm. he said he didn't, he didn't really need to prepare massively because he was confident he could get a five. But he's been listening to our podcast um, every week from November to last wow, week. Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> at, yeah, it's a really long time. And guess what scores he got? Um, he's academic. Okay. I'm going to guess six, seven. Seven, 7.5. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So I just want to say, well done, Piotr. Uh, that's amazing. And thank you very much for... Um, writing and letting us know your scores because we always makes us feel good doesn't it nick when we get emails like that we can say Um, yes very good (laughs) i've been to poland that's about the limit of my polish though um yeah i won't talk about the other things i remember about poland that really strong vodka in the bison (laughs) Um, but we have actually had quite an uh quite a few emails this week Mm -hmm. And for for some reason, without us asking, we've had three emails from students who had really specific questions about the test. I'm talking like grammar questions or questions about particular types of essay. So what I thought we could do is maybe next week Mm -hmm. we will have a question and answer episode. Mm -hmm. So if you have any question about IELTS, I think in the past we've sort of focused on the sort of like truth or myth aspect. Yeah, we? we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say maybe for this question and answer, let's maybe focus on language. Okay. Um, so if you've got any language questions at all, if you've got problems with tense, if you've got problems with articles, if you've got problems, I don't know about how to ap- approach maybe a particular type of essay, any sort of confusion. Try and email us this week. Our email address is hello at myieltsclassroom.com. And then next week, Nick and I will get through as many of those questions mm-hmm. as we can. Cool. Um, yeah. Which will be good because I like quest- answering questions. It's a good episode, I it's think. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah, it is fun. But today, as I said, we're going to be focusing on general training letters. If you're an academic student, okay, maybe this is not as relevant for you as other episodes will be. But I still think listening to us discuss the prompts, talking about ideas, I think is beneficial for everybody, uh, to be honest. So if you're an academic student, please don't go. I'm sure (laughs) there will be something in this, whether or not it's some new vocabulary or just some listening practice um, that you will enjoy. So I want to start by saying then that, so all of these questions I've got from our students who have taken the test and then they email me and say, you know, this was the topic for the letter. Mm -hmm. As we've discussed before, when we've discussed um, the essay topics, our students are fantastic, but their memories are not always 100% accurate. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes all the student can remember is the general topic. Right, like mm-hmm. oh, I had to write a letter to a sports centre about swimming lessons. Sometimes they can remember all of the bullets, but maybe the grammar's not perfect. So mm-hmm. I just want to be clear: I have done my best to edit these or recreate what I think look like realistic mm-hmm. IELTS questions. Right, but I I can't be sure that these are one hundred percent, a hundred percent, the same as the real test. Um, they're probably 85 or 90% if I've done 
a good job. So just to be clear, if you get one of these topics in your exam, please read the bullets carefully. The last thing you want to do is to sort of like use a letter that you've created in practice, which doesn't match the actual bullets in the prompt. Mm -hmm. And if you don't answer accurately, if you don't address all of the bullets in the prompt, you're going to get a four for task response. So please, please, please. Right. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Wow. So please use these questions for practice. They're great for practice. Mm-hmm. But you got to make sure if you go into the test and you think, oh, my goodness, here's a similar question. Read those bullets to make sure mm-hmm. that they might not be slightly different. It's kind of interesting, actually, Nick, because when I made my letters course, I created, you know, from my little English brain, something like 60 or 65 questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And many of those have since appeared in the test. Ah. Like... So a student was like, I got the question from your um, from your course. And I was like, that question came from my brain. <laughs> um, so there's a limited number of questions, but I just want to be clear. You have to really read the bullets carefully in the test. All right. Mm. Um, so that's my disclaimer. Um, in general, what I've noticed then, Nick, from what our students have said. So we know that there are, we would say there are three types of questions, aren't there? Mm-hmm. In terms of formality. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what what are they, Nick? There's formal, yeah. semi-formal, and informal. Yeah. Right. And of all those questions, based on what we mark, which what which of those levels of politeness usually causes students the most difficulty? I think semi-formal. Ah, oh, interesting. Mm. It, okay, semi-formal can be tricky because I guess. Mm-hmm. understanding i guess students for semi-formal letters sometimes go too formal or too informal which can be the problem mm-hmm. yeah well i would say for me the biggest problem is usually with the informal letters mm-hmm. because having written having prepared for essays yeah where you're using sort of a lo- the, the language is much more formal isn't it Exactly. And Mm -hmm. also because you want to show the examiner um, your best English, right? So most people think best English is longer words, Mm -hmm. more formal language. Mm -hmm. I would say in terms of tone, so tone is having the right level of formality. Mm -hmm. Informal letters seem to be, for our students, I think, the ones that students struggle with the most. Mm -hmm. Formal's fine because it's kind of the same language and tone as the essays. Yep. Semi-formal definitely can be a problem, Nick. I think you're right. Students can sometimes struggle there. But I would say, you know, if if I was able to choose the questions that our students answered in the test, I would every time select a formal letter because I think they are much easier. And what I think is interesting from the students who sat with us in the last few weeks is that there have been relatively few informal letters. Mm, okay in fact there's only three out of the 20 wow um so right so i mean i don't know if that's a general trend that could just be luck right Mm -hmm. i mean we have okay i think our school is great and is really big but if you think about how many hundreds of thousands of students (laughs) sit the test every weekend yeah we've only got a small sample of questions so Mm -hmm. my guess is that just because our students only have three informal questions that was just good luck Mm mm-hmm um so don't you've got to make sure you can write all three um correctly and we have a free lesson uh 
on our in our video course it's lesson four in the general training writing it's completely free it's all about the difference between formal semi-formal and informal in terms of language right so if you're not sure what the difference is definitely go and watch that lesson it's a lifesaver it can really save your task response or task achievement score so because there's only three informal letters for us to choose from nick mm-hmm. um and a lot of them were kind of similar ones, right? I think it was like, you know, right, you've been to an exit, things that I've seen in the past, right? You've been to an exhibition and you think your friend would enjoy it, write and tell your friend about it, that kind of thing. I've only chosen one informal letter for us to look at today because it's a topic I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So do you want to, can you read this, Nick, in your lovely reading voice? Oh, by the way, <laughs> one of the people who asked some questions this week said that my, my voice sounded like um, the the girl who played Daenerys in Game of Thrones. What's her name? Emily? Emily, I can't remember. Emily, yeah, Emily something. Emily Clark. Emily Clark, yeah. Mm-hmm. Emilia Clark, yeah. is it not? Emily, Emilia, Emilia Clark. Emilia Clark. Emilia, Emilia mm-hmm. Clark. So I was very impressed with that because I think I've got a terrible voice. But Nick, you've definitely got the best voice. Do so I have a Tyrion Lannister inf- voice? Yeah, I've never watched Game of Thrones. But oh no! Come on, <laughs> I'll try and All do right. this in a Tyrion Lannister voice. Lannister voice. Okay, then. do it. Do it. You are going to throw a party, and would like to cook a special dish for your guests, but do not have the recipe. Write a letter to your friend. In your letter, tell your friend why you are having a party. Explain what dish you want to cook, and ask your friend for the recipe. Invite your friend to the party. So, I've never seen um, an informal letter which asks you which asks you to find out about a recipe. Right, that is yeah, definitely something. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Completely new. There's a question. I can't remember if it's Cambridge Book Fourteen or Fifteen, which is writing about a cookery course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's giving feedback. So mm. you could say that obviously, like cooking seems to be some sort of like common topic um at the minute i think i don't know would i've said this before many times writing letters to me seems a bit of a strange thing to ask people to do in 2021 yeah considering that nobody really writes letters anymore maybe emails Mm -hmm. but even emails seem to be less common um but in general do you think this is a, a good topic you know is it I don't know. What's your first reaction to that one? I think it's not too difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's fairly straightforward. So. All a couple of sentences. Hey, I'm having a party. Uh, I'd really like, right. you know, like you know, uh, or you explain why you're having a party. Like, oh, I've just you know got a new job. I'm going to have a party. Second paragraph. I really want to cook um, burritos. And, uh-huh. and because you are of Mexican descent, <laughs> I yeah. thought you could help me out with the recipe or something. Oh, I like remember that. you made something similar. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, I mean, you know, if you look at the way that I've structured mm-hmm. our task one course, yeah. it's all about the different functions that you have to perform, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're writing a letter, you are generally asking for something, uh, inviting, apologising, complaining. Like it's the same functions or the same things you're asked to do again and again. Mm-hmm. In terms of the functions here, it's relatively, there's nothing new or difficult, is there? Not really, no. 
I mean, and also it's very easy to think why you're having a party, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be you're, the easiest. It's just your birthday. Yeah. Um, so I would say in terms of ease or level of difficulty, I think this is, as long as you can get the tone right, I mm-hmm. think this is a pretty friendly prompt. I guess it will just be if you have the language to talk about a particular dish and yeah. maybe the ingredients that go into that dish or, mm-hmm. you know, like, remember, for high lexical resource score, we want to see topic-specific vocabulary. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you would have anything specific to cooking and food and recipes, like, you know, ingre- like I'm not sure if it will be easy to find the ingredients, mm-hmm. like that type of language. Mm-hmm. I think this one's pretty good. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's a good one. I think that one wouldn't be too bad. No. I mean, so I would just say it looks like cookery is something which is coming up again and again. <laughs> so just make sure you've got, like I said, a few words. They've given you the word here, recipe, actually, which is often the biggest problem for second language learners. It's a tricky word. A lot of people get that wrong, don't they? They either call it, I mean, I know in Russia, they would either say a receipt or a prescription. They say recept, don't they? Recept, right. Mm -hmm. So a receipt is what you get um, when you buy something in a shop to show that you've bought it. Mm -hmm. And a prescription is what a doctor gives you for medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that they've given you the word recipe, I think, takes the most difficult thing away from this letter. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say relatively easy, that informal letter. So, um, as I said, there were only three informal letters. There were mu- there were many more, much more, many more inf- uh, semi-formal letters. Mm. And like usual, you know, when I think semi-formal letter, right, a semi-formal letter is when you're writing to somebody that you know but you don't have a close relationship to. So, or you don't mm-hmm. have a personal relationship um, yeah. Two. So, in the IELTS world, that is usually what is that, uh, Nick? That would be uh, a neighbour, a boss, a colleague, maybe a colleague, like someone yeah. who's not so close to you at work, uh, something like exactly. that. So, you, like you know their first name, maybe you know their surname, but you're not really, let's yeah. say, on first name terms with them. Right, and it's and it, it could even if you, I mean, it, it, even if it is a boss that you know really well and you get on with well it's probably going to be about a topic there, isn't it mm-hmm. yeah and it's going to be about a topic which is a bit more formal right so yeah. it's you know if you're writing to your boss it's going to be you want something usually right you want some exactly. time off mm-hmm. you want you know uh to change your job in some way so as usual those are the people that um that all of the semi-formal uh semi-formal letters are written to here including mm-hmm. maybe we missed a landlord Right. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. the first question we're going to look at is this one, Nick, and it is a letter to a landlord. Can you have a read of this one? You rent an apartment. You want to tell your landlord that you are happy with the apartment in general, but there are some small repairs that need to be carried out. Write a letter to your landlord. In your letter, say what you like about the apartment, describe the repairs that need to be made, and explain how the repairs will improve your quality of life. Yeah, I'm not sure about that last one, quality of life. I didn't really know how to phrase it. Mm. How else could you replace that? Maybe I could change that. Not improve your quality of life, but just improve your... Make your living conditions better? Yeah, something Something like that. that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get the general idea. It's basically why you need them to be done. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I've chosen this one 
for a particular reason, Nick. I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here, but let's imagine, can you imagine the problem Mm. some students might have answering this question? I think okay, they would. No, I'm gonna uh, make yes, it easy. Yeah, I can. I, I think they would make it too much like a complaint. <gasps> That's yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I think the problem is here. Mm-hmm. There's a similar question mm-hmm. about. It comes from a Cambridge book. I think it, I don't know, twelve or thirteen. It's about giving feedback to a hotel. Yeah. And in that letter, it says, "You and your colleagues recently went to a hotel. You li- there was something you liked, but mm-hmm. you were also unhappy with the food, right? Mm-hmm. So then you have to write a letter, say what you liked about the hotel, and then say why you were unhappy with the food. Yeah. Everybody who writes that letter seems to ignore that there was something you were happy with, <laughs> and they just <laughs> and- complain about the food and say this is a this is a situation worse than I don't know <laughs> oh, death. That you've been like we've been vomiting for three months now. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, people go straight in with the like, I can't believe the level of the food. And it's a pure complaint. And that, I think, is a real mistake. Because here, Mm -hmm. it also says, not major repairs. Small repairs. Small repairs Mm -hmm. or minor repairs. So Mm -hmm. this sounds to me, you know, I would definitely say in the opener to that letter. It has to be extra friendly, I think. It has to be very friendly and you don't want to use the word complain. You don't want to say I'm extremely unhappy. Mm -hmm. That would be totally over the top for this letter. I think Mm -hmm. we'd want something more like, you know, dear, I don't know, they'll probably tell you like, dear Mr. Johns, um, I hope you are well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that everything is is going really well in the apartment. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple of small things i hope or i don't know would you say repairs what would be a synonym for repairs small a small, problems a, or... a, small th- a couple of small things that need fixing that need to be fixed right mm-hmm. yeah that i would be grateful if you could fix you right could you fix need them, to be yeah. polite mm-hmm. right this person it's not anything major you're mm-hmm. not you're you're happy in general that's the bit to focus on yes um so well done nick i think you've absolutely pinpointed what i think the problem will be Mm-hmm. with that in terms of the actual language of repairs i think any good any student who prepares well for ielts should have um already pre-prepared <laughs> a list of possible problems in an apartment i mean i think i teach 10 in my course i can't remember exactly what they are now mm-hmm. but it's things from like you know the radiator's not working properly mm-hmm. to um you know i can't close the window just you know the tiles are chipped in the bathroom. Yep. That sort of language, to be honest, you should have that in your tool belt before you go into the Just exam. Just in case you need to use it. Because I, this is quite a common topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what they've changed here is usually you're just unhappy and there's a problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well done, mate. So um, that I thought was an interesting one to a landlord Mm -hmm. there are lots there have been lots of reported um letters to managers right right? and these ones have been very very similar to questions that we've seen in the past and that come Mm -hmm. from the cambridge books you know you want to you want to take a course and you need some time off work you want to be transferred to a different department Mm -hmm. um you're writing to a previous manager to ask them for a reference Mm -hmm. these are things which have been you know in the test for years now so i mean although some of those are more difficult than others mm-hmm. there's nothing surprising yeah about those questions you know if, if you got one of those in the test you should hopefully have already thought about 
that one. There was, though, one question um, to a manager which I'd never seen before. Mm. So it's a completely new topic. So it's this one here, Nick. Why don't you read that one out? You currently work full-time in a company, but would like to change to working part-time. Write a letter to your manager and in your letter, explain why you would like to change to working part-time. Say what times and days of the week would suit you best and suggest how your work could be covered or completed if you work part-time. I'm going to be honest. I think the test, in terms of is this a good question, Mm. I like this because, you know what, I think this is a letter that somebody in the real world would write. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, I like any question or essay topic which I think accurately reflects the real world. Yeah. um, Because that makes it easier for students to answer, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess, do you remember, Nick, I think the last time we did a letters podcast, Mm -hmm. and I'll put a link to it, um, if you're enjoying this one, I'll put a link to it in the blog post page. I think we discussed about how to extend bullets well. Mm -hmm. We did, yeah. There was a question there about, I think it was about, I think it was the question about someone was, so it was a job application one Mm -hmm. about working with children. Like, uh, that was it. Uh, a couple in Australia need somebody to look after their child, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And it was about the reasons why you want the job. And I think in that episode, we discussed how the reasons why you want the job should be relevant to the couple mm-hmm. and not you. Yes. Right? So you don't want to say, oh, I love surfing and the beach and I can't wait to come to Australia, right? You know, <laughs> if I've got two children and that's your reason you want to look after them. That's not a good you're reason, not gonna, <laughs> You're not going to get the job, right? I want somebody who's interested in children. So I guess for me, the key maybe to having a really good answer to this is to try and think of a really good reason why you want to move from full-time to part-time. Yeah. So like a bad reason would be, I don't have enough. I don't know. what would, A bad reason would be what? Um, uh, I want to spend more time on my hobbies. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like I'm studying to get a new job. Mm-hmm. So I want to work part time. <laughs> it's like, well, no, <laughs> by then. Um, yeah. Something about your hobbies, something about, I, I think basically you need a really good reason. Like you, you, you want a reason that makes it clear that you would love to continue working full time. But you just can't at the minute. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. you're going to have to move now to working part-time. Like, so I tried not to think about this, Nick, so we're in the same position. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what would a good reason for that change be, do you think? I think it's going to be like a, po- a problem in the family, for example. Um, right. Could yeah. be a number of problems. I think maybe a pregnant wife or the, a newborn child could be one. Okay. Child care was the first thing that came mm-hmm. to my mind. It's very interesting that you went from the man's perspective, which was my wife's pregnant, right? And I went for the woman's perspective, which might be that maybe something that's... I always think anytime you need something, it's good mm-hmm. to make it out of your control, right? So maybe it could be that, I don't know, like the child the child care or like where you sent your child, it can no longer take look after your child anymore. Mm-hmm. Um so unfortunately, you're going to have to spend more time at home. A pregnant wife is a good one, right? My wife's pregnant and I need to spend more time with her because mm-hmm. it's a difficult pregnancy. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, I don't know, like a family member sick and you need to look after them. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. That would be a good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds, okay, based on what we've just said, it sounds to me that it would. family seems to be the key to this one. Mm-hmm. Could you think of any reason... 
I'm thinking as well, Nick, I can't off the top of my head. Can you think of any reason that wouldn't be family why um, you might want to change to part-time? Hmm. Not really, to be honest. I mean... No, because why would you take a full-time job? Yeah. If you, um, like, It has to be something that's changed in your life, I guess, hasn't it? Maybe it could be... Um, a criminal situation that you have to deal with like wow. like maybe i don't know i mean it's not as good as family but maybe you could say like you've been um you've been accused of some crime and you need to spend time <laughs> with your lawyers to sort it out even though you're innocent <laughs> like man i would love I'm that i'm getting creative Can you imagine? <laughs> no no it's really creative uh d- dear doctor Lee, i'm afraid i can't work full-time because i've been accused of murder not murder rest obviously. assured maybe, i can maybe assure you like uh, maybe it could be fraud or something like that. <laughs> something fraud. Not, not I can assure so you, I haven't been stealing. Yeah. Right, don't use that one. Use that. <laughs> Although it would be a great, it would be fun for the examiner. Mm. And they, to be honest, if there's a good reason, they couldn't mark you down. Yeah. But I would say, by family. The Choose family. Choose family. Family <laughs> would be the best option for that one. Yeah, some change. And I would say something about childcare. Maybe it could be. Actually, I've, I work with a lovely lady who's a dentist and her daughter's now taking her A-levels, right? And so she is spending much less time at work because she needs to, wants to support her daughter doing that. So it could be something about your child's education, yeah. a family member who's sick. I would avoid, the only one I would avoid is, I don't think, you if you, you couldn't say that you were pregnant, I don't <laughs> think, because if you were pregnant... Well, no, not, not so much you, Nick, but like, uh, you would get maternity leave anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, well, I mean, it could I be mean, about returning to work actually. It could after be like be, after what you leave. said before if it's a difficult pregnancy, if it's really mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, maybe. You could maybe ask to go down to part time until you go on maternity leave. That's true. Yeah. So okay. There so, are I, things I think you can do with it, aren't there? Definitely. This question. Yeah, I think there's lots. I do. And I think, like a lot of the letter questions, just spending a couple of minutes at the beginning thinking about and getting mm-hmm. that reason right. Mm hmm should make the letter a lot easier to write, I think. Once you've got that idea, I think then it all sounds quite natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, that that last one, suggests how your work could be covered. That has appeared in countless, um, you know. Mm-hmm. I've already spoken to John and he's agreed to work an extra couple of hours each day or he's happy to or something like that. Or maybe even, you know... The work doesn't even need to be covered, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, good. All right, so I thought that was the most interesting semi-formal letters. Again, have a look on the blog post. You'll see there's lots of other ones. But f- from my perspective, there is nothing new. And I think whenever we do these episodes, what we're looking for is something that might be new and therefore challenging yeah. because students haven't thought about it before. Hey, I'm Raman from India and this is my IELTS classroom. Hello, my name is Michael. This is my IELTS classroom. Hey, this is Khadija and this is my IELTS classroom. 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 Right. There were a lot there were a lot of um formal letters, Nick, right? So I think we're gonna spend a lot more time on these because I've there were not just a lot of formal letters but there were sort of there were a lot of new topics as well right um 
So there were a couple about hotels. I mean, the, the hotel questions that I've seen before have been feedback from an event, mm-hmm. have been you've lost something mm-hmm. and then you're writing to the hotel to try and locate it for you. Um, that was actually another one that was reported to that questions on the blog. This one, though, I don't think I've seen before and I like it. So let's have a look at this this first one here. Okay, you have made a reservation in a hotel for a business trip for you and your colleagues. However, you need to make some changes to your booking. Write a letter to the hotel manager and in your letter, give details of your current booking, explain what changes you need to make and why, and ask the manager to make some special arrangements for your business meetings. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I've never... Okay, I'm gonna... straight away, I like this. I think mm. writing a letter to change a booking is it's very common. something that is, yeah, really very commonly done, actually. Particularly in the times of COVID, right? Yeah. Where you make a plan and then things change, mm-hmm. lockdowns happen. Um, the reason I like this then is, number one, I think it's a realistic situation. Mm. Also, number two, I think it's, you know, whereas working out why you want to move from full-time to part-time mm-hmm. requires a little bit of brain power, mm. I do think explaining why you need to change the booking mm. could be relatively... I mean, I think there are lots of different reasons why you might want to change. Yeah. The booking, right? I mean, what? I mean, let's help the students. What could we? What could be a good reason why you need to change the booking? Cancelled flight, right? For so example. maybe, yeah, cool. So maybe some people can't mm-hmm. make the original date. Maybe I don't know. The project you you've been working on has changed. So you mm-hmm. need more time to prepare. Yeah. Um. Maybe the the key speaker who was going to come for the business trip can't make it on those dates anymore. So you got the yeah, so you got to change the dates. I mean, there's there's literally countless reasons that you could think of, I think, to change the dates. All you just want to make sure is that it's it's a realistic reason why you would move a whole business trip <laughs> one or two days forward or back, Yeah, I would say. Um, in terms of the special arrangements mm. for your business meeting, there was one. There was a question a couple of years ago about you were going to go and give a presentation somewhere and you had to ask for, for some equipment. special arrangement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the equipment. This to me sounds like a, a similar thing. Yeah. I mean, what special arrangements for a business meeting could there be, do you think? I would say probably to get a conference room with a uh, a projector screen and maybe um, some audio equipment. Something I was like going to say, you could definitely focus on the equipment, mm-hmm. right? Like, have you got a lap? Will there be a laptop for us to be? I mean, most people carry a laptop. You could say like a laptop, a projector, some a microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, a, you know, we are a large group. Do you have a conference room for a hundred people? As you said, mm-hmm. um, could even be something as simple as, you know, could you provide tea or coffee in the in the morning break, for example, exactly, mm-hmm. and a snack. So, I mean, I think. Even if you're not a business person, I think we can all imagine what a business meeting looks like <laughs> and the type of thing that you would need, right? So, yeah. I mean, I personally think that's a really nice question. That's a good one, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. So, for me, you know, formal uh, letters are very often letters of application. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else are they? Like letters of inquiry when you want to find out details, usually from an accommodation officer at a university. Um Right into a hotel. There have, though, in this one, there's a couple of 
topics I've never seen before. Oh, wow. Right, so I think we should just mention them because I think it's just interesting. All right, so let's have a look at this next one. You have some documents that you need to be translated into another language as soon as possible. Write a letter (laughs) to a translation agency. In your letter, say what the documents are. Uh, explain why you need them to be translated and ask for the documents to be translated urgently. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, you recently moved um, mm-hmm. to Latvia, right, mm-hmm. to Riga. Mm-hmm. And I am sure, did you need any documents to be translated? Actually, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. Ah, that's Quite lucky. <laughs> uh-huh. Cause I was g- yeah, because I was going to say that for me... Okay, so we are both lucky to have lived abroad, right? And to have lived in other countries. Mm -hmm. And I personally have had to have, that's a lot of haves, had had to have, have had to have uh, documents translated. Oh, yeah. In Russia, Russia, it's a nightmare getting them done. (laughs) It is really difficult, right? You've got to go to that agency. They've got to put 3,000 stamps on Mm -hmm, each document. mm -hmm. Um, It's not an easy thing to do, but... Because I've had this experience, I actually know why Mm. you might need some documents to be translated, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe, well, my question is, I'm just, the thing I think is difficult about this question is, there may be some students who may have no real idea Mm -hmm. why documents may need to be translated. I don't know. Do you think that's true or is that just me being cautious? Mm, I think you... You are right. And I think there probably are a lot of students who have not had this experience, but I think they all will have it if they are planning to study abroad or move abroad. And that's why they're taking IELTS. So what I would say is... This is why I think they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you're going to be in that situation. Yeah. Use Mm -hmm. IELTS as your situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you're applying for a visa. Well, what do you need? You need a copy of your passport. You need a copy of maybe where you're registered to live bank yeah. account statements stuff like that yeah yeah i think i actually nick i hadn't actually put two and two together that only general training students are going to be have this letter mm-hmm. so only people who are planning to migrate to another country mm-hmm. are going to have this letter and so hopefully they will already understand that mm-hmm. i would say migrating would be the easiest definitely Mm-hmm. Uh, reason why you need the documents to be translated. And as you said, it could be your bank statement. It could be a marriage certificate. Mm-hmm. It could be, I was thinking also, um, maybe if you're going to go and study, um, it might be your university yeah, degree. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would say it could just be migration in general then. Mm-hmm. It could be you want to study abroad and you need your passport and your degree certificate. It could be that... Um, if you need to prove your professional qualification. Ah, so if you're a doctor abroad, or a nurse or... If you're a doctor mm. or a nurse, you might need to provide then, I don't know what you would need, like your mm. university degree again. That mm. would be my third reason. But I guess basically, apart from migrating, or maybe buying a property in another country, maybe, yeah. if you need bank statements. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another reason why you'd want it to be translated. But actually, I'd forgotten that. I don't know how. The general training students will be migrating. So they've probably already thought about this before they sat the test, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not as difficult to answer as I thought. What about why they need to be translated urgently? Yeah, this is the tricky one. I think, I mean, I would probably, in my approach to this question, I would try and yeah. use a second conditional sentence um and i would maybe say something like i'm really um 
something like uh, I'm planning to move very, very soon and I need these mm-hmm. documents translated as urgently as possible. Uh, can you tell me if you offer any sort of um, express service for a high price? And if you do, would it be possible mm-hmm. to take this service? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would... Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you definitely need, like you've just used, language to make polite requests. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might want to use the word deadline. Yeah, like the that's deadline a good one. Mm-hmm. for my application mm-hmm. is a week tomorrow. So, you know, I would appreciate it if you could translate them as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, try not to be too demanding, right? Even though you need it urgently, you still have to make a polite request. Yeah. Don't say, you know, don't just say, I need them by tomorrow. Or else. <laughs> or else. Because then I would go as slowly as I could if I worked at the translation agency. Um, all right. So maybe then, actually, now that I've understood mm-hmm. that the students will probably have already asked for things to be translated mm-hmm. by the time they sit the arts test, maybe this is a good question then. Yeah, I think it's all right. And, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe it's one that is actually based on... Uh, the students' yeah. own expi- like j- real life experience and good yeah? opportunities for vocabulary here as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So. All right, then. So then, let's have a look at the second one, which I've definitely uh, never seen before. <laughs> you own an old item that you think mm. is valuable and would like to sell. Write a letter to the owner of an antique shop. In your letter, explain how you found the shop. Describe the old item that you would like to sell and say how much you would like to sell the item for. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we've gone from then genuine letters that people would write, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. to something quite random. <laughs> something very random. I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of difficulty... Mm. What do you think about this one? Uh, at the higher end. I think it's difficult. I mean, I, I guess, number one, you have to define what the old item is. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, if, if, if you can spell jewellery, Yeah, I think that's well probably going to be the best option. I'm not sure that I can spell jewellery, so I might go for a particular item of jewellery, like a ring, much easier mm-hmm. to spell. True. Uh, a watch, maybe, mm-hmm. necklace. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, I guess it could be anything, really, couldn't it? I mean, anything, and they've—it does actually say antique shop, so it's giving you that word antique, which I do think helps. Um, in our speaking course, we do a lesson, don't we, Nick, about describing objects? Mm-hmm. We do, yeah, in speaking. And I think that there's one about an antique object, and I and I think that there's there is some real scope for topic specific lexis. Yeah, some really good stuff here you can use. But. I'm not sure how many students would have that language, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, you know, um, I've got a ring that was handed down to me mm-hmm. by my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, like language like that. or Sentimental like a, a, value. Sentimental value. It's a family heirloom. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of really high level Lexis, but it's probably not within most students' range vocabulary, unless they'd really prepared. Um I guess you also probably, if it's some sort of jewellery, you're going to have to sort of say what it's made of. Gold would be relatively easy, right? But maybe if you could put a nice diamond or sapphire or the name of some sort of precious stone. Um, And then I think the last one, I say how much you would like to sell the item for. I think 
any student could do that in a simple way. Like, you know, I would, you could just literally say, I would like a thousand pounds for the ring. Mm -hmm. But I think there, you know, to do that really well does require some quite sophisticated language, right? You know, particularly maybe the the verb worth. Mm -hmm. Is that a verb? To be worth, or is that an adjective? adjective. It's an adjective, right? It yeah. is worth. So, yeah. no, I, I think, you know, I've looked in some catalogues and I think that the ring is worth mm-hmm. £1,500, but I will accept mm-hmm. £1,200 cash <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> or I mean, you could say, you know, you, that you would like, you would expect to get at least a thousand. The ring is perhaps worth more, but you're open to discussion or something like that. This is it, right? So I would mm-hmm. say that for a really high level student, this question does give you the opportunity to really show it really does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your grasp of language negotiating, you know, I'm open to offers. But I'm thinking of lower level students. Mm-hmm. I think that they would only probably be able to do a relatively basic yeah. job for this. I think you would have got a lot of students who just said, I would like five hundred pounds for the ring. Mm-hmm. Finish. Mm-hmm. Yours sincerely. Da, 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 da. So, yeah, definitely for me, way at the more difficult end of the scale. If not just for the fact that I've never seen a question like this before, no, which means me the students will never have seen a question like this before, mm-hmm. and so I think their brains will be like, "Oh, oh dear, <laughs> what, yes, what is this? What's an anti Q? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want. I want to sell my grandmother. Um, right. In terms, though, of topics which repeat again and again and again, as I said, you know, if, if we're thinking of the classic formal letters, mm-hmm. it's often a letter of application. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, let's have a look. So there is one. There, there was one that was reported. There were a couple, actually. Uh, but I've chosen this one right. for us to have a look at. So maybe just have a little read of that one. You have seen an advert in a newspaper for a part-time voluntary job working with children. Write a letter to the employment agency and in the letter say what the job you wish to apply for is, explain why you want to apply for the job and describe some of the skills and qualities you have that would be useful. Right. So, to be honest, on the face of it, there's Mm. nothing difficult or different or unusual about this prompt right you were just applying for a job but I do think there is one thing that is different to the normal uh, prompts for letters of application Nick can you see I mean you did very well with the first one I put you on the spot what's different about this one um ah, it doesn't tell you what the job is does it it just says working with children right Mm. yeah so, you know, that first bullet says, say what the job you wish to apply for oh, is. So it's giving you a bit of scope here. Yeah, so you need to think, okay, not just what is a job working with children, which would be like a teacher, for example, mm-hmm. but it's a voluntary job, mm-hmm. part-time voluntary job, <laughs> working with children. So I think, you know, the, the biggest thing you're going to have to focus on is what that job would be. Mm-hmm. Cool. I know what I would write about. What would, what you, would say? you write about? I would say... I would... Go on. Um, I would say Cub Scout leader. Okay. Oh, very good. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you have the Cub Scouts where you live, but oh, Nick, how would you describe? How would you describe the Cub Scouts? An, ex- an extremely weird organization that every 
not every, but a lot of sort of young teenage boys join and learn how to uh-huh. do stuff like tie knots and yeah, <laughs> so, no. yeah, camp, make a fire. Mm-hmm. That was Cubs was the boys' version. The, the Girl girls' guides, version yeah. was brownies. brownies. I was a brownie. And... Yeah, I was a brownie. Um, I was a gnome. That was the name of my little group mm. in the brownies. And we used to get right. I bet in the Cubs you got badges, right? Yeah, for we like did, yeah. making a mm-hmm. fire mm-hmm. in in the brownies because it was for girls. We got badges for like I'm not joking. Learning how to use a washing machine. Wow. <laughs> we we did actually get a badge for sewing. So oh, so there was some. Okay, that's yeah. pretty progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a great one. If you've got some some sort of organisation like that in your country, that would be perfect because mm-hmm. it is all voluntary, yeah. right? Um, I would do some kind of sports. Yeah, club. for sure. Mm-hmm. So I would probably volunteer to like help run a hockey club mm-hmm. or an athletics club because I've or golf club things which essentially I would choose that because I played a lot of sport as a kid and I know what happens in those clubs. Yeah. So I would strongly recommend you know if you're a doctor. Mm. I don't know, like maybe there's a volunteer job, I don't know, helping like at the children's hospital or something, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or try and look at your own life experience and, and think, you know, would you actually do this? Mm-hmm. And then choose that as the job you want to apply for because you're going to have some real ideas and some real vocabulary then. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I would say that's the only thing which makes that question slightly different is that... um is that you have to actually define what, it is. what the job is. Mm. But in a, in a way, that could make it easier because you could choose something, something which that you, you know. really know about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're a photographer, it could be a job working with the photography society, like mm-hmm. the young photographers. I don't know. It could be <laughs> anything, basically. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that one's unusual, but maybe quite good. Um, let's finish then with this last one. Which is an which is a letter of complaint, which is quite common. But let's see what we think about this one. You are a member of a local gym. Recently, there has been a problem in the changing area. You have reported to this. You have reported this to the staff several times, but no action was taken. Write a letter to the manager of the gym, and in your letter, describe the problem in the changing area. Say who you reported the problem to before and suggest what should be done about the problem. I've seen this one before somewhere. So have I. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, this one, this question's been recycled a few times, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and I've definitely marked this question for our students in the past. I, I, I remember it from a couple of years ago. Mm. For me, the problem with this question is that it's, a very, very specific problem that exactly. we've been asked to describe. Yeah, it's very specific, isn't it? A problem in the changing area. Mm-hmm. and At a gym. I mean, at a gym, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm lucky. I mean, everywhere I go, I always join a gym, right? I've been in lots of changing rooms mm. and I can think of a number of problems. But I don't think, well, certainly not all of our students, but I don't even think many of our students may really yeah. have had that life experience. And mm-hmm. it may be difficult for them to imagine what the problems in the changing area could be. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think you need a certain amount of specific Lexus. You do, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, Nick, if you were going to write about a problem in the changing area, what what would you say was the problem? I mean, it's got to be something that is not easily fixed because you've already asked them to do it. 
Mm-hmm. So it can't be something as simple as like, oh, the showers are too hot or, you know. Well, it could be. It could be. Shower's too hot, maybe because they need to get a plumber mm-hmm. to come and fix it. Mm-hmm. That would be quite a good one, I think. Maybe the locks on some of the cubicle doors are broken. That was, I was going to say, like, essentially, like, I, I was thinking of lockers, right? Lockers, some of the lockers yeah. don't mm-hmm. shut properly. Um, there's not enough lockers. But my worry is that people might not know what a locker is or have that word, right? The locker is the place where you put your clothes, mm-hmm. which locks <laughs> when you train. <laughs> Definitely locks. I think the showers would be a good one, actually. Yeah. I think the showers, most students should be able, if they really thought what happens in a changing room, people get know. washed, people mm-hmm. get changed, you should be able to come up with that one. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe the hair dryers don't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, it could just be, you know, if you were really stuck, you could just say that they're not they're not cleaned properly. Could be. Because it just not says a, a great, problem, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, not a great answer, but in an emergency, the floor's dirty. The floor's, yeah, the floor's constantly dirty or too wet. It, like, it's not Yeah, it's so dangerous. you want to make it... Mm-hmm. Right. Think about the showers again. It's mm-hmm. wet. Always try to really put yourself in this situation and really think what is happening in these changing rooms, uh, and what and therefore what could the problems be? The floor, wet floor, would be a good. Slippery floor would be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think what else there could be. I think that's it. Like lockers don't shut properly. It's a good one. Lockers. Not enough. Yeah. Nick, I once had a complete disaster at our gym. I went. <laughs> Somehow, I managed to lock the key inside my locker. Wow, and I how had, did you do that? I, wow. I can't even remember how I did it. <laughs> but I basically locked the key inside the locker and I had, I had nothing. I, I, I had no clothes on. And then I had to basically use the emergency telephone to call down to reception with my terrible Russian. I was just like, <laughs> no clothes, oh, no Russia. key. Yeah, no clothes, wow. no key. And then some woman alone, came up after 10 anybody? minutes. Hey, Were you alone? I was on my own. Yeah, I used to go oh. to the gym all the time on my own. Complete disaster. Yeah. So yeah, I would say definitely one of the more difficult questions. Mm-hmm. Again, not because of what you have to do. Describing the problem, say you reported, suggest what should be done. These are functions which are repeated again and again and again. But the topic for that question, I think. It's tricky. It's really tricky. I agree. It's really tricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And interesting that it's come, It's come. this question is coming around again, which does show that the topics do repeat. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you can be guaranteed you'll get one of these questions in your exam. I think that would be very unlikely. But writing to bosses, writing to landlords, those things come up again and again and again, complaining, applying for a job. So you can definitely... Be quite confident about what you will have to do. The only thing we can't control is the topic that you will have, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Nick, have you got anything else you'd like to add? No, I don't think so. Like I, I my favourite thing about the letters is just making up some stupid story. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that if you really embrace that aspect of them and just, you know, coming up with something and trying to imagine yourself in a situation, it does make them a lot easier to write, I would say. Definitely. And I and if you really imagine that the, you know, I always say to the students, imagine that the letter is real. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, and as you said, if you really put yourself in that situation, what you write 
the tone of it will automatically be correct. Mm-hmm. And it stops you overthinking no, it as well and trying to create some yeah. weird problem that... <laughs> right, or trying to force sentences in that mm-hmm. you memorise. You don't want to do that. You just want to think, okay, I am really writing this letter. What has happened? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to like tell this person what's happened? And if you do that, you know, 20 minutes later, you should be starting your essay. Exactly. And to be honest, the essay is where your is is got a much higher effect or stronger effect on your score hasn't yeah, it much higher so you just want to be able to get through this letter mm-hmm. at least get the band that you need or maybe 0.5 lower i think that's usually enough and yeah. then move on to, to the essay mm-hmm. cool so as i said next week we can't give a preview for next week's episode because we haven't recorded it yet because we are waiting for your letters and so if you and your sorry not letters emails Yes, it's not IELTS. So if you've got any sort of question at all about the exam, preferably something about language, something about the letters, the essays, anything really, write to Nick and I this week at hello at myieltsclassroom.com. Is that right? Hello at my yes. yes. Hello at myieltsclassroom.com. <laughs> Crikey, my brain stopped. And we will do our best to get through all of the questions next week. All right. Take care until then. My IELTS Classroom podcast is a production of My IELTS Classroom Limited. Nick and I do not represent IELTS and everything you heard in this episode is our own personal opinion. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on our blog. That's blog.myieltsclassroom.com. And if you're looking for our video courses, speaking lessons and marking service, you can find that at www.myieltsclassroom.com. If you have a question or query or just want to chat, you can email Nick and I at hello at myieltsclassroom.com. Our theme music is by Heartbeat and our artwork is produced by David Brown. Have a great week, study hard and remember... This This is my IELTS classroom. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.